0: In the Finley Toyota Studio. It's Cofield and Company.
1: Company takeover on a Wednesday on ESPN Las Vegas. Steve Cofield's on the sidelines. Adam Candy, Willie Ramirez, Ari in our Finley Toyota Studios. I think you're going to enjoy the show today. We've got. As always Justin Watkins for the legal perspective and that's really important today because there are some COVID concerns going on in other countries that we need to talk to Justin about and get the perspective from his side. Caleb Herring is going to join us on the later side as well. We'll get plenty of Raiders and Chargers talk as we go along but let's get to what's trending.
0: It's Trending at 3, presented by Nova Home Loans. Call now at 877-700-NOVA.
1: Willie, what's the word, man? How is Wednesday treating you? I know you are are deep in the middle of it with Raiders and Chargers, with Golden Knights. It's been a busy week all around.
2: It has. It's just, you know, the Raiders put a crimp in everything by just... Deciding to stay alive for the playoffs, so all of a sudden we got we got a massive home stand with the Golden Knights, who are now in a two-game skid and have the fr- fans in a frenzy. We have the Raiders getting ready to uh, play an all-or-nothing game on Sunday Night Football, the final game of the NFL campaign, and uh, well, we don't have any MLB action
1: that is correct we're going to talk about that in a moment with you and lv basketball uh sign of the times for kevin Kruger's program but i i have something i got to get out and 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 it's one of those things where i never thought i would i would side with kirk curb i never thought i would find myself being an apologist for him. But you know what? I saw some news today out of the NFL that made me understand why everyone is so mad at these opt-outs. I, un- I understand that, that Kirk Herbstreet was talking over the weekend about how kids don't love the game! They don't love it as much as they should. They shouldn't be opting out of bulls. What happened to the old days when they when they loved the game? And you know what? Today, I saw another opt-out that is driving me insane. If you hate these college opt-outs, I assume you feel the same way about this. Joe Burroughs opting out of Week 18 in the NFL he's just not playing it's not COVID he's just gonna rest up how dare these guys Willie how dare these professional athletes when they're getting paid big money are opting out they're opting out of games just like these entitled college kids I can't believe it for one how dare they
2: I am mixed on this one um I don't necessarily if, – if, if a kid is on the brink of – if he's going to be a first-round draft pick, second-round draft pick, he's on the brink of uh, making some millions, and he doesn't need to play in the bowl, I don't necessarily have a problem with him opting out. Now, on the other side of it, uh, Bengals are going to be already going to be without Joe Mixon. He's tested positive for COVID. Joe Burrow – He's sitting to rest a sore right knee and injured right pinky for the playoffs. And instead, Brandon Allen is expected to get the start. And that comes against the Cleveland Browns. So I don't know how comfortable I am with, you know, if it's necessary, if, if you need to rest the starters, if, if he if he needs to sit out. Um, but from the college aspect, Adam, I I tend to side with the players on this one. I can see their angle if you know if now. If you're a long shot or you're following suit, maybe you need to raise your stock a little bit. I think you you better be getting some good guidance if you're going to choose not to play in a bowl game. But some of the bigger names, I don't necessarily have a problem with it. And my
1: point, in case anybody out there thought that I'm serious about agreeing with Kirk Herbstreet, because, hey, I probably would sooner gnaw off my own arm uh, than agree with what Herbstreet said about What's going on with college football players is that if you're getting yourself fired up, if you're out there saying, you know what, Kirk Herbstreit's right. If you're saying to yourself, why don't these kids play? They need to get out there and play. They need to go out there and show the same loyalty to the program the program has shown to them. Um, then you need to be getting peeved at Joe Burrow too. He's resting a sore knee. Okay, Bad we don't have a problem. Pinky and a sore pinky i hate when my pinky gets sore so i i don't hear the same outrage when professional players decide that they're going to rest up for a week that they're not going to play and then we say that well the game doesn't mean anything well it's not entirely without meaning uh we're still playing for seating here in this final week we're still playing for uh jobs for a lot of guys and so if you're getting yourself fired up over college players who don't play then i I assume you're going to get yourself equally fired up over joe burrow because honestly the whole thing on the college side willie i'm with the players i've been with the players from the jump i've been with the players in the fact that they are preparing themselves job and whether it's a Matt Corral who thinks he's going to be a top 10 pick or whether it's a kid who's a fringy guy who thinks maybe I'm a third or a fourth round guy and that's my only chance of making the league that I'm someone who doesn't necessarily have the same skill set and if I get injured and you're comparing me to a hundred other guys out there who look exactly like me then I'm absolutely protecting myself after I've played two or three or four years of Division I football for free. And yes, the education has value, but they have played for free. And so when it comes to those guys in particular, back off the college guys. And if you're going to back off the college guys, fine. Then I'll give you a little bit of room when it comes to Joe Burrow as well. But you better have the same, what should we call it? Angst. Angst. I like that. Angst for the pro players if you're going to do it to the college kids as well uh Willie we've got as you referenced um we've got some unpaid college kids who are going to get an unplanned vacation as it finally comes home to roost here at UNLV with the basketball team uh with the COVID concerns um we had it happen last year with UNLV basketball we had it happen with UNLV football, and now UNLV's game Saturday at Air Force has been postponed because of COVID concerns within the Run and Rebel program. Uh, it, it, it's hard because it, Willie, it feels inevitable in some ways with the spread of Omicron. Uh, last 24 hours, one million infections in the United States. Um, at the same time, you know we've watched a team like the Raiders this year be very fortunate that they haven't had. As many COVID concerns, and it's ended up being a competitive advantage for them. The fact that Derek Carr, among others, has been able to play all 16 games. So tough break here for UNLV.
2: Yeah, it's a it's a very you know I've had this conversation on air, off air with people in general. It's it's so it's such a very weird variant, and you sit there and you read and you read and you read and try to understand it, you know, and and I I've read nothing. Really to sway my opinion that, yes, if you walk in a room or if you're in close contact with someone who has Omicron, you're probably going to test positive at some point because it is that contagious. They're saying if you are in close contact and that person doesn't know it or or whatever, it's, it's just it's, you're going to get it. If you are in a closed quarters, it's, uh, but the severity of it is not as bad as previous variants. Um, some people will go asymptomatic. Some people will feel cold symptoms, and you just never know. And, and I, I feel bad for those programs, pro or college, that are testing positive, and because they're testing positive, they have to quarantine. They have to isolate, albeit for five days, not ten. Um, but this is what this is the world we're living in right now, and that is the bottom line. But for those that aren't feeling symptoms and they're just having to wait out a negative test and then consecutive negative tests uh, after X amount of days, I somewhat feel bad because I, I think that you're catching a variant that isn't as life threatening as the previous ones uh, to a certain degree. So it's it's I don't know that I don't know the severity of what's going on with UNLV. Um, we just. Had that with the Raiders. There were some people on the list last week, mm-hmm. but we also heard last week Denzel Perryman say it's no joke. He spent two days with the shakes and the shivers, and he was feeling it. So he w- he had full blown. So so it's affecting people in different ways, and now it has come. It affected so it affected UNLV schedule from a different program, San Jose State, and now UNLV with COVID issues within its program has to cancel another game or postpone
1: Postpone, we'll see what ultimately happens. Of course, we saw Mountain West change its policy recently to essentially say that a game can be a no contest, Uh, but that's not necessarily determined as yet. Uh, COVID everywhere in the world is obviously still a major concern, but one country that seemed to do a pretty good job of getting it tamped down was Australia. Uh, Australia, (laughs) of course, was locked down for a long time, they're at 90% vaccination right now. And you would understand if they look at their borders and say, we don't want potential COVID cases coming in. And the Australian Open's about to get going here, Willie. Uh, Novak Djokovic, the number one player in the world, has been very clear in his anti-vaccination thoughts. Um, Very famously held a party in which a number of players got infected while the uh while the first wave of covid was going on was initially granted an exemption into the Australian Open and now visa problems popped up they apparently his team applied for the wrong type of visa for him having a medical exemption he's not going to get to play he's been denied entry into australia and you know what as much as i know that this medical exemption system is a Line system. They're not looking at the names. It's really hard, I'm sure, for a country like Australia that has been so strict in its protocols to stomach the idea of one of the healthiest, a- healthiest, fittest athletes in the world getting an exemption to come in unvaccinated into the country. Especially when his father was out there saying that uh, it was about Novak not wanting to give in to the blackmail of the country wanting people to be vaccinated. So Willie, you just talked about uh, you know, some thoughts that you have on, on COVID in general. What about Novak Djokovic getting denied entry into Australia?
2: I have no problem with it. If that's I mean, because I've here's the stance that I've been on is that it's it's all a choice. Okay. Everybody has a choice. You either get vaccinated, you don't get vaccinated. You get boosted, you don't get boosted. I have no problem with people that don't. But you're also Going to have to follow the rules of the municipality that you are living in, that you want to visit, the country, whatever it may be. And if you don't like it, that's too bad. You know what was it? The 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 1918 the pand- pandemic back then. What did it last, Adam? Three years. So the bottom line is, we are now living in a time in which cities, counties, states, countries are all going to have their set rules set standards and if you don't like it that's too bad because guess what they don't like your decision to not get vaccinated or you know whatever or not get boosted you know whatever it may be so if you don't want to get boosted you don't want to get vaccinated that's on you but for every place that you want to go for every place that you want to visit for whatever it is that you want to do you have to follow those guidelines you have to follow those rules until at some point, who knows when, 2023, 2024, we get through this. I'm still amazed that we are two months shy from – I'm two months shy from when I had COVID, March 2020, when I was at the Pac-12 Women's Tournament wrapping up that championship, and I believe it was the, the, the WAC tournament uh, two days later or the day later, and everything got shut down. And the news started hitting. Removing your teams are being removed from the court. Rudy Gobert touching cell phones, and then boom, the NBA. We're two years into this. At some point, people are going to have to grasp. And, and instead of fighting it and saying, you know, the arguments that that, that everybody is having, just understand that. The rules aren't going anywhere, and there's nothing we can do about it, whether you like them or not. I don't like wearing a mask all the time, but if I have to, then I will, and I do. Well, I don't. I... Go ahead.
1: Yeah, no, I, I mean, I'll, I'll, I'll wrap it on this as we get ready for Adam Hill to join us to talk about the Raiders. I'll argue there is one thing you can do if you haven't done yet to help end this situation, and you can do what Novak Djokovic is choosing. Not to do, and that would help us get past it. Adam Hill's going to come in and talk about the Raiders and the Chargers and the winner take all game coming up on Sunday night.
0: Nova Home Loans brings you Trending at Three. It's a refi rate at Nova Home Loans. With interest rates at all time lows, now's the time to talk to your local Nova loan officer. 877 Nova.
3: I just love the 2022 Johnny Cash. That's what I call Derek Carr. We talk about these QBs in this league a lot, mm-hmm. and we leave Derek Carr out. What I've seen from Derek Carr is he's been as clutch as any quarterback in the NFL this year. When you walk into your locker room, regardless of the things that you just mentioned, RC, that are going on, and that's your QB, you'll be all right. If Derek Carr is not the quarterback of the Raiders, they not here.
1: Now, back to Cofield and Company in the Finley
0: Toyota Studio. Studio. studio.
1: We'll be having Marcus Spears on later in the week to talk about the level of disrespect for Marcus Mariota that I just heard in that quote. Very disappointing uh, from Marcus Spears. That's all I heard. I didn't hear anything positive about Derek Carr. I just heard a lot of drag of, of both Nathan Peterman and Marcus Mariota. A- Adam Hill's joining us on the line. Uh, Adam, did, is that the same for you? Is that what you heard?
4: Sorry, yeah. Yeah, essentially.
1: I'm pretty much
4: the same. How you guys doing? Oh, we're
1: doing. I, I was doing fine till I heard that <laughs> dribble. You heard dribble. <laughs> Can't believe it. Can't believe it, Adam. Adam. Um, Adam. If, if now that I'm past the Marcus Spears disrespect of, uh, <laughs> uh, of Marcus Mariota, it took me a minute. Um,
2: <laughs> and Nathan Peterman.
1: And Nathan Peterman. Let's let's get to what's happening right now with the Raiders. The biggest thing that you and I talked about yesterday that we were kind of waiting for an update today on was the state of affairs with Darren Waller going into this winter take all game this weekend. What is the latest on the, the potential availability of Darren Waller?
3: Yeah. So he's,
4: he's off the COVID list. That's one, that's one good sign. Um, and he is, he is back on the practice field today. Now we should be clear that there was not a full practice. It was a walkthrough session that they had today. Um, which means you know nobody got to be out there to watch it. We didn't really know what we don't really know what he did. Although we don't really get an idea anyway because we're only out there really for stretching an individual. So uh, we don't know what he did. Nobody was out there to see it, um, and it wasn't a full you know practice like full contact type uh, situation going on. But uh, he did get out there. He did run some routes, and I think what the team wants to see is how he reacts to that. How does he feel t- tonight? How does he feel tomorrow? Uh, how does his body react to going through uh, some of the motions of this running route to doing some of the normal football activities again, which he hasn't really been able to do. And I think that'll determine a lot. I don't think we'll know tomorrow for sure that he can play or can't play, uh, but I think we'll we'll be much closer to understanding, you know, how he reacts to just being out on the field and running around and how that will relate to him playing on Sunday. Uh, But you have to feel if there's any chance he can get out, he can get out there that they're going to make that happen this you know, if he if they don't if he doesn't play and they don't win, he's got several months before he has to be on the field again to rehab.
2: That's got, as as frustrating as that has got to be for the Raiders as to you know whether or not they can use him. I think the advantage is easily with Las Vegas because <clears throat> they've been doing it without him. Number one, number two, the Chargers don't know how to plan for the attack. Whether it's going to be a car with having. Waller available or a car that's been using Renfro and Zay Jones. Um, I would say the situation, as bleak as it may seem in terms of Waller, it's to their advantage right now.
4: Yeah, and I think that that's part of it's part of why you start to make these announcements and talk about it anyway. Even if he couldn't play, even if he can't go on Sunday, you know, put this in their minds. Tell them, you know, tell the tell the Chargers, hey, prepare for Darren Waller. You better be out there uh, thinking about, you know, where he's at and if he's going to play and what he's going to do and how the offense is going to look different. And that's part of the Mariota package as well. You know, for several weeks they talked about, well, Marcus Mariota is going to play. He's going to do a lot more out there. And part of that wasn't just, hey, he might be out on the field. He might do something. He might, you know, participate in the game plan, which he has a little bit. But it's, hey, you as an opponent better spend – you know, some of your practice time, and it's very limited practice time each week to prepare for a team, you better spend some of the time preparing for Marcus Mariota and what he can do uh, out on the field. So I, I think part of that is also this case with Darren Waller. Hey, If, the, if you're the Chargers, even if Waller doesn't play, even if he can't go, uh, I guarantee you they're going to be spending some time in practice trying to figure out what he might be able to do and what routes he might run the most and how they can defend against him, and it might be wasted time at practice.
1: Adam Hill is joining us on the line here on Cofield & Company. Okay, so that makes Darren Waller a maybe. We found out today that Nate Hobbs, barring anything else, is a yes.
4: Yeah, I mean, I, I think that's a key part of barring anything else. Um, what, what Richard Fratia said today was, and you know, we take this very seriously, but as of now, what we've learned... Uh, about the case, he will be playing on Sunday. Now, that, of course, could change if some new details come out, and, um, you know, that's certainly very possible, but for right now, the Raiders are comfortable with whatever they know about this case to allow Nate Hobbs to play on Sunday, Uh, and I don't, you know, I don't necessarily think anything changes. There's, you know, not going to be any dramatic shift in the court case, uh, especially in a negative way for the Raiders uh, over the next couple of days. And so I would expect that Nate Hobbs is going to play and is going to be out there and, uh, this is, you know, a settled issue for this week as far as the Raiders are concerned, uh, which, you know, I, I don't know if that would be different if it was week four as opposed to a play-in game in week 18. But for right now, he's going to be out on the field.
2: I would have to think that week one, four, eight, 11, 18, that the situation is this. Based on what they have dealt with several weeks ago, Nate Hobbs was asleep in his car. The lawyers have come out and said that under Nevada state law, we don't feel this is uh, that he broke law because he wasn't driving, although he had to have gotten to the off ramp somehow. <laughs> so until he's actually convicted or, he, you know, he's been booked in charge. But until he's convicted, he didn't kill anybody. So I guess I guess you have to kill somebody in order to be disciplined. Um, R.I.P. Tina Tintor. Um, so I, I would imagine that that's the they're going off of his lawyers in that. The case is in May. We'll deal with it then.
4: Yeah, I would think so. And and I you know I want to be careful about the the facts of the case, the details of the case that have come out. That is what you know they've said. And you know you can I think that a reasonable person could make the claim, perhaps that you know Nate Hobbs made the right decision at the wrong time. That he got right. in the car, started driving, and said, Uh, you know what? This is not the right move." And maybe yep. you should be lauded for that. I don't know. I I don't. I don't want to say that that's exactly what happened. I don't know, but I think that's a, you know, a reasonable conclusion to potentially make in this case for now, based on what we know. And maybe that is part of the the decision here as well. I mean, like, like you said, I think it's very possible to say if it was another time in the season that he wouldn't be playing on Sunday, Um, but you also can't get this time back. I mean, if there, if there is details that we don't know, if there are facts that the Raiders know and we don't know, um, one thing that you can't do is discipline somebody and then take it back. You couldn't. Right. You couldn't come back in a month and say, you know what, there there was nothing here. He actually was kind of in the right. We should have allowed him to play, and you know we didn't. We you can't give that time back to him. So um, I, I don't. I'm not saying it's the right decision. I'm not saying it's the wrong decision. I'm not making a judgment on it. I don't know. Uh, but the Raiders, I will say, feel pretty confident that they're making the right decision here um and again we don't know everything that they know we don't know all the facts of the case all the details i'm sure those will come out at a later date maybe maybe they won't i mean maybe maybe this case never even goes to trial maybe there's never charges filed so I, I don't know how it's going to play out
1: adam i want to finish up here and it's with a quote from derek carr today it wasn't necessarily the the most inflammatory it was it might even just be thought of as innocuous quote but it jumped out at me because i don't feel like it's the sort of thing you usually have to hear from the quarterback of the home team in a winner-take-all game when he was talking about the the need for the atmosphere at Elysian Stadium and saying, Las Vegas, we need you. It feels <laughs> weird to me that you need to say that for this particular game, but that's kind of the reality of what the home crowds have been for the Raiders this year where, yes, the Chargers don't have a huge following that tends to go on the road with them, but we've seen large swaths of opposing fans here in las vegas for games against the raiders
4: we have um and i I think it was somewhat expected it's what you know miami deals with it's what new orleans to a degree deals with i know people i i people fight me on this one on the new orleans one i'm telling you i've been to multiple games there they deal with it that's what you deal with as a destination uh city where if you have an nfl team people are going to want to travel there and that's kind of how it works out so um I don't think it should be a surprise to anybody. I am a little bit over Derek Carr talking about this. He always talks about, oh, they don't know when they're supposed to cheer. They don't know, um, you know, when you're on defense, you cheer. When you're on offense, you don't. You're quite – it's because the road fans are there. It's not It's not that the fans don't know what they're doing or what they're talking about. It's because there's road fans in the building, and um, they're going to continue to deal with that, I think. That that's, that was always going to be the case in a destination city. Again, it's, it's what the Dolphins do, and so from my experience, it's what the Saints have dealt with. Like That's how it's going to be. Um, I, I will say I thought they were it was a much stronger home crowd and home field advantage against the Broncos, and players have talked about that and pointed that out. Uh, and I'm sure that they want to continue that, and I, I would expect that it is a little bit more like that, especially in a game that's just meaningful. Um, I think people will be more into it, and you know, as you mentioned, the Chargers don't really have that many fans for home games, so I'm, I'm not guessing they're going to have a whole lot of fans on the road either. Uh, so I do think it's going to be much more, um, you know, one-sided crowd in terms of the Raiders, and I think that they'll they'll cheer at the right times. I mean. Again, it's it's a market that's learning about football, but not like they're learning about hockey. Like this is not this is not the Golden Knights um, era when people had no idea what icing was and didn't know when they were what they were cheering about or what was going on on the ice. Um, this is you know people that know football, so I, I I don't think the hey our crowd cheers when we're on offense thing is real. I just think it's that there's opposing fans there.
1: Adam, I know we bounced you around on the time slot today a little bit. Appreciate the flexibility, and uh, we will see you soon.
4: Sure, but let me also say before I go, uh, mm-hmm. if there's a scenario where they should play for a tie, they 100% should play for a tie, not just for chaos, why on earth would you take the chance of losing? It just doesn't make any sense, and I get the integrity of the game and all this stuff. Screw that. You're out there to try to make the playoffs. If you can get in with a tie and take the not take the chance of losing, you play for a tie.
1: Then you probably need to talk to Vic and Vinny and see if you can uh, get that opinion through because... Uh, the rest of your room does not agree with you, sir. Oh, I know. I know. I know. Hey, we're (laughs) Team Chaos. We get it, man. All right, Adam, uh, we will talk to you soon. On the other side, Raiders talk continuing. What does Willie think about the play for a tie situation? We'll find out.
0: Finley Toyota. They'll do anything to sell you a car. No Toyota problem is too tough, too large, or too small. Your Toyota, running like a Toyota.
3: And Uh, I'm not just talking about football. If you think about the press conferences after the John Groom thing, after the Henry Ruggs thing, if he is not their quarterback, this team is not there. And I'm talking about dudes that's more talented than him playing quarterback. This was a job for Derrick Carter.
0: Now, back to Cofield and Company in the Finley Toyota Studio.
1: Company Takeover Edition on Wednesday afternoon. Steve Cofield on the sidelines, Adam Candy, Willie Ramirez, Ari at the Finley Toyota Studios. Willie sent over a thought earlier that I agree with, and I'm wondering how far we carry the narrative on this. You heard there Marcus Spears on ESPN talking about Derek Carr. And Willie, we know with Derek Carr, sometimes the way he says things, a little different, a little awkward at times. But I think what Marcus Spears points out there is relevant that the locker room issues that Derek Carr has had to navigate this team through have been ones that I'm not sure a quarterback with less experience with his own team, with less gravitas with his own team, would be able to pull off. And you said that this is the biggest game of Derek Carr's career coming up on Sunday night against the Chargers. So I'll ask you, because there's a lot of speculation about what do the Raiders do with Derek Carr next year in the last year of his contract. Should the Raiders be looking at, Sunday night's game the biggest of his career as you say as a referendum on whether or not to have Derek Carr as the quarterback again next year
2: okay so here's my quick answer to that if the answer to that question is yes then you automatically are moving on from Derek Carr if you are looking at an eight-year veterans run that one game that, yes, I believe is the biggest game of his career because he's never gotten to play in the playoffs. So this game puts him there. When I asked him that today, um, Vinny also asked him, but a certain angle to that, and then I followed, um, he had said the last three games have been the biggest games of our career. So, But if you are looking at that and the complexion of that game on whether or not you're moving on, then you've already moved on. You're putting that in one game so you, you've already you're already it's in your head and if you can if you have a chance at landing the top five elite then I think you have to entertain that if not then I think that Derek Carr deserves to stay because I think there have been other problems with this team that have been not been Derek Carr um, that have led to non playoff seasons
1: so Prior to losing Henry Ruggs, Derek Carr was pro football-focused third-graded quarterback this year. After the loss of Henry Ruggs, which obviously coincides with a lot of Darren Waller's injury, Derek Carr's been the 17th-graded BFF quarterback. And we know this Raiders fan base loves to drag Carr. They love to say he can't get the job done. So you know, Willie, despite the logic that you put out there, right. that there are going to be Raiders fans who say if they lose on Sunday night, Derek Carr can't win the big one. We can't trust him.
2: Of course, because he's the quarterback. It's, you know, it's the Dodgers with Kershaw. It's, he's the ace. It's, you know, it's the Lakers with LeBron. It's, it's the star of the team, and it's going to fall on his shoulders. But if you look back statistically and you look back at where the problem lies, last year this was a winning team. They lost three games within the final minute, minute or so, or in overtime, and it was because the defense failed that team. Derek Carr doesn't play defense. So I you cannot put a lot of the losses, you cannot put a lot of the failures of this team on Derek Carr. Derek Carr wasn't in the war room with John Gruden and Mike Mayock when they drafted players that aren't on the team right now, that either got traded or arrested or are brandishing weapons. He's not drafting picks that didn't work out. He's playing quarterback, and if you look at the makeup of his game and what he's done compared to other teams, I mean, since he came in the league, he ranked second by one game for game-winning drives. Since 2014, his 29 game-winning drives ranked second to Matthew Stafford's 30. So when you're looking for the clutch gene, which I don't necessarily think that there's such a thing, but it's more or less the knack and the know-how and the wherewithal and the personnel you have and putting to the best ability of the guys that are on the field with you, Derek Carr has gotten things done. It's the rest of the organization that has to come together to form a team. There are 21 other starters outside of your special teams unit, add in your kicker and your punter and the guys. There are other starters that contribute to this. Derek Carr, if you give him a top-notch defense, if you've given him – if you put together the best units that they've had since he's been in this league and put them all together on one team, what would that team do? Because I've yet to see, other than this year, really at times, the three phases, special teams, defense, and offense, I've yet to see that complete team for Derek Carr.
1: What does Mark McMillan think about the future of Derek Carr in Las Vegas? We're going to ask him in just a minute.
0: Join the conversation on Twitter at ESPN Las Vegas.
2: You want him to make it, you have faith in him, you believe in him, and all those things, and he's proven it over and over again. All those comebacks and that record and all that kind of stuff, none of that matters unless these guys go out and make kicks, make catches, and all that kind of stuff. So it's just cool that I could be a part of something like that with Daniel.
0: Now, back to Cofield and Company in the Finley Toyota Studio.
1: Studio. Studio. Player of the Week honors for Daniel Carlson after the Raiders get their fifth walk-off victory of the year in Indianapolis. Mm. Willie Ramirez, Adam Candy, Ari at the Finley Toyota Studios. Our man, Grillin McMillan, Mark McMillan on the line. We're going to talk to him a little bit about the Raiders and Derek Carr and what this game is. This weekend means, but uh, Mark, if I didn't start here, I would feel like I was letting you down. The Philadelphia Eagles are going to the playoffs. Did you expect (laughs) to see this Eagles team in the playoffs this year?
3: Uh, You know, I didn't, I'm not going to be, I'm not going to sugarcoat. I thought they would go like 500 and, you know, break even, especially the way the season started off. Uh, You know, the coaching staff didn't seem like they were grasping the system quick enough, Uh, moving to the NFL uh, speed of the game and, Obviously, they listen to the players, and they start running the ball more. They start protecting Jalen a little bit more. And guys just really start stepping up. And the O-line really uh, is the key to this to this team. And the defense actually start playing well, also with the uh, leadership of Derek Slay uh, on the back end of the secondary.
1: What do you think they can do, if anything, in the playoffs? We've heard so much talk this year about how everything is wide open. There is no dominant team anywhere do you think that the way they're built that they can do anything come postseason time well they they have one of the top
3: rushing games in, in the national football league and if you can run the ball uh in the playoffs you have a big time advantage of going you know further and anytime you get to the playoffs, man anything can happen uh, i've been in some situations where we wasn't supposed to uh you know farewell and uh, we went out there and just busted our tail and, and came out with the victory so once you're in the playoffs, it's like march madness man anything can happen especially with COVID, you know, you never know which quarterback is going to come down with, uh, you know, COVID and somebody's got to sit out a game. I see they change it to five games. That probably help the guys if they, if they test on Monday, they could still play on Saturday or Sunday. So it's real tick tricky, but man, how about those Eagles in the playoff?
2: Mark, um, you know, the subject of opt out comes out a lot this time of year, especially in the bowl games with, with players that are, Declaring for the NFL draft. They want to get started. They want to sort of give their bodies a rest after a rugged college football season and then get get into the into the weight room, get onto the field, start getting ready for the combine. Now it's uh, now we're seeing it in the NFL just a little bit. And and I tend to see it a little understandable, be it a little understandable. Adam, if he he says, if you're going to argue one way in college, you better argue it in the pros. Joe Burrow is electing to sit this finale out. Joe Mixon's out with COVID. What are your thoughts on on the NFL, the final week of the season? I mean, if you're sitting out, you're resting and you're sort of saying, hey, well, this game doesn't matter. I mean, in a sense, don't you want to end the season on a winning note and sort of go in? With the win, um, you always want to win a game. You know when you sit guys out.
3: Um, I can see as far as the quarterback position, but you know on the defensive side of the ball, when we were you know number one across the board, we didn't want to sit anybody out. Uh, everybody wanted to play, and everybody wanted to stay on uh, stay on track and stay tuned up. And you know guys sitting out, you see guys opting out in college bowl games and all that stuff. So the the, the way of the land is just totally different now, man. The college football players, you see the young man from Oklahoma. He's a free agent now. How crazy is that? So, you know, I, I know Joe Burrow is sitting out this weekend for the for uh, for the B, for the Bengals, but, you know, he needs to sit out. You know, they, they don't have anything to prove. But, you know, when you want to go in on all cylinders as a team, you want to make sure everybody's on the same page. And it's a fine line. You know, you don't want anybody to get hurt because you, you are gearing up for the playoffs. But at the same time, you want to stay on, on, on course and keep that momentum going.
1: Mark McMillan, joining us here on Cofield & Company with Adam yeah, and yeah. Willie. Yes, sir? I said yay, yeah, yay. Yeah. That, was, that oh, yeah, my, yeah. my oh. IQ voice, man. Oh, yay, yay. Yeah, <laughs> yeah. That, yeah, I, yeah you, you might have to let me, you know, just uh, fill the people in on that one. All right. was so, oh, kind of like um,
2: huddle hype. Huddle. He was, he was yeah. huddle hey. hype.
1: Well, one, two, three, Cofield. <laughs> so, all right. So, Mark, um, speaking of that competitive fire for players there's been an interesting theory going around this week because of all the playoff tiebreaker scenarios that if and this is very unlikely but if the Jaguars were to beat the Colts there's a way that we could get to Sunday night and the Raiders and Chargers could both get into the playoffs if they tie if you had a coach come to you and say all right here's the game plan we've agreed the owners have said we are Gonna be a zero-zero tie. We are taking three knees and punting every time. What would you do as a player?
3: Well, first of all, I hope my coach has on his cup because I probably kick him in the you know what. <laughs> you know, you, you know. <laughs> I would I would never lay down. I would never lay down on on the football field or any other kind of field. And and I'm sure you know there there's players in the locker room will probably look at the coach and be like, come on, bro, we we playing for something bigger than that. And there's a lot of guys playing for their job. and there's a lot of guys playing for their bonuses. And you know you you make a certain amount of plays and play a certain amount of downs. You know your 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 bonuses kick in. So I don't see anybody laying down. I don't I don't even know why this subject came up about players tying games. And this is a rivalry game. The Chargers don't like the Raiders, and the Raiders don't like the Chargers. These guys are going to go go at it because last time they played the Chargers, they were embarrassed on national TV.
2: Mark, the subject came up by several of us today with Derek uh, that this being. Arguably the biggest game of his career. Um, he, he sort of fired back and said the last three games have been the biggest games of everybody's career because it's it's all or nothing. Has Derek earned the clutch? People like to use that phrase clutch gene. I mean, he ranks second since he's been in the league with game winning drives. Twenty nine. Matthew Stafford has 30 since 2014. Um the, he he's become this player who they can count on in clutch situations i mean is he is he the type of player that he's going to be prepared he's ready there's no jitters this is the guy that the raiders want under center for this type of game
3: um he, he, he that's all they got you know you're not going to bring in marcus Mariota. uh you know so he, he's the guy right now and you know he said the right things but he's got to go out there and prove it on the field big time it'll be you know they flex all the other games so this game will be a big time game everybody in the country will be able to watch this game and Derek Carr is once again on the hot seat uh to see if he can pull this victory off and if he pulls it off you know kudos to this young man for you know for, for staying with it you know this has been a tough season for the Raiders on and off the field and they still have an opportunity to make it to the playoffs. And, and and if you know I'm really thinking that the Raiders are going to pull this off, and it's going to shock everybody and once you're in the playoffs, I'm telling you anything can happen.
1: You said it right there, Mark Derek Carr on the hot seat with a lot of people. Um, we don't know if he's on the hot seat within the organization, but he's certainly feeling it from outside. And I said to Willie earlier that right or wrong, there is going to be a big segment of this fan base where if Derek Carr doesn't win this game or if the Raiders don't win this game on Sunday night are going to say Derek Carr can't get the job done he shouldn't come back next year. Do you think that's fair?
3: I think that's fair. You know, it's it's only so much you can get out of a quarterback and that there's only so much that he can do for an organization. Um, he's been through a coaching change uh, several times. Um, you know, he, he's done everything he could, I think, for the Raiders. Uh, you know, he's, he's reached, you know, really good heights. But, you know, that playoff win has not yet, you know, grasped him yet. And, it's, it's uh, you know, he's getting paid a lot of money. Um, there there's some young, young quarterbacks that will be coming out in the draft. Uh, there are some trades that could be made. You don't know who the, the new head coach is going to be. Maybe he's not a Derek Carr fan. Uh, so there, there's a lot of things that can play into this scenario. And I'm, I'm much like, you know, Big Ben the other day. This could be Derek Carr's last game quarterbacking for the Las Vegas Raiders.
2: Okay, so Mark, here's my rebuttal for that. If that's the mindset going into this game, then you've already moved on from Derek Carr.
3: I have moved on from Derek Carr. Yeah, I have. I, there, there's nothing more I can see to be like, okay, he's the guy that's going to take us to the promised land. You know, he's uh, you know, he's he's done a, a really good job of of managing, you know, things uh, as far as off the field this year with guys trying to keep guys on the same page. But, you know, he just he's just not that guy that you look like, okay, he's going to take us to the Super Bowl. You know, the Raiders are, are built every year. They're like the Cowboys. The Raiders are going to the Super Bowl every year. And, you know, it just doesn't happen. You know, uh, so, you know, I, I'm a going I'm to I'm wish the young man very well. You know, obviously, we're on the different side of, of the coin now. We're the media. But for me, speaking as a player, former player, I don't see him as that franchise quarterback that's going to take the Raiders to the Super Bowl.
1: Mark. Now that we've reached January, it's playoff time. It's also unseasonably cold in Vegas. This has not been—I'm uh, not used to seeing 26 and 27 on the uh, temperature gauge in the morning. What are we grilling when it gets this cold outside? Well, right now I'm in—I'm on—I'm in my backyard right now in sunny uh, Arizona. It's probably about
3: 65, almost 70 degrees, mm. and I just dropped some. Honey hot fried chicken in the grease today Ooh. with that cooking with Clara's grilling McMillan season on it. Oh, my goodness, baby. The tweets are going off. My text message is going off. Everybody want to know, what did I put on that
1: fried chicken? I seen it. What did you put on that fried chicken?
3: <laughs> Come on I now. Come on. You can't give away all the I, secrets,
1: th- but you got to get the people something.
3: <laughs> well, first I made my little wet batter. So you got to make a little wet batter, a little flour, a little cooking with Clara season that you can buy online at grillamcmillan.com. And then you add your dry seasoning and then you drop it in that hot peanut oil. Oh my goodness. And then you prepare your hot sauce and you add a little bit of honey in it just to give it a little bit of sweet heat. And then you drizzle it on the top. Everybody saw it on the, on, the, on, the, on, the, on, the, on Twitter.
1: That they did. Where are you going to go find it? Where can people find your uh, f- find those recipes, find those great videos and pictures that you got of the food, Mark? I just launched
3: my third seasoning. Uh, I appreciate you guys for all the support as well over there at Lotus and ESPN uh, Radio. Uh, Boom! Three Cornel is my third season that I launched. So you can go online and buy my seasonings at GrillerMcMillan.com. Um, I'm coming out with a McMillan flavor pack with my guys. I'm happy to meet you. So we're going to pair a steak, some burgers with my seasoning. So I got a lot of stuff going on, man. I got some great people behind me that's pushing me and and, and, and helping with my brand. So, man, GorillaMcMillan.com. Go and check it out, man. I got some My text messages going off. I got Corinne Lewis. I got my man Jay calling. I got Frank Sanders sitting to hit me up. I got Larry Sanders. Everybody is listening to the show, and they want some of that chicken, baby.
1: Now, well, yeah, Mark, uh, I'll, I'll say this much. This is very painful for me to say as a Giants fan, <laughs> but I have to do it for you. Let's go oh, Eagles! Let's,
3: oh,
1: let's go! I'm going to say let's go Eagles for you, for you, because the Giants <laughs> are irrelevant now. So I, I will just say let's go Eagles for you, and uh, we will we will wish you well in the final week of the regular season against Dallas. Yeah, you got you got to throw a roll tide in there too, baby. Come on now. Okay, that's true. We got to get a little roll tide for you before uh, Monday night. So Mark McMillan, you know that he's always going to have the good stuff for us here. Thank you, Mark. We will talk to you next week.
3: I appreciate you guys having me on, man. Roll Tide.
1: There he goes, Mark McMillan, getting that fried chicken going down in Arizona. We've got a football frenzy to talk about in just a minute.
0: The crew over at Finley Toyota speak Spanish, Thai, and even Persian. In fact, they speak 14 different
3: languages. Come in and talk the universal language of big savings today.